ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? You ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock! And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast, and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd! Hey guys, this is Enrica Jang with Red Stylo Media, and you are listening to Adrian King and Adrian Has Issues. And welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I am Adrian, and today I am talking to two gentlemen who, well, we caught up at uh, several cons before, but we just recently talked at this was the Creator AfterCon after uh, NYCC. They have an awesome new book called Sweetie, which we were going to talk about, and it should be a lot of fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Petrovelli and Sean Dillon. How are you doing, guys? Hey. Doing and thank you for good. sitting through with that first botched intro. <laughs> I figured, you know what? I'm not going to lie to everybody. It's like, I'll tell them. Yeah, the first one was horribly botched. That's okay. I'm highly caffeinated. Well, at least one of us is. I need some caffeine. Yeah, Can you send too. caffeine through, uh, you know, to Skype? If I just, like, pour the energy drink through the computer, it goes through the internet, right? <laughs> It's. I feel like that'd be something that like someone on the internet would be like, yeah, you can totally do it that way. Lol. <laughs> now, now your computer's destroyed. Well, there has been times where I have poured beer into my computer, uh, not trying to do the same uh, thing naturally, but just the. I love this so much. I feel like I should just knock it over as I go to delete an audio file. <laughs> your computer must be real bros. <laughs> oh, he knocks it back all the time. That's why I'm like on my third laptop. <laughs> oh boy. All right, so let's get into it. Your comic, sweetie. What is the general premise? Do you want to take it, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you want you want to know the, the do you want to hear the pitch or you want to hear how it came about? Tell me all about it. Like, give me the whole story. Like, we got nothing but time, guys. Okay, well, so here's sweetie. Um, sweetie is about this this girl Maggie and her friends. Maggie has grown up watching like action movies like Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, watching the Power Rangers, and even you know a lot of the superheroes. And she has had this mentality that, hmm, I bet I could do that stuff if I practiced hard enough. And so this is her hobby. This is what she grows up doing. And, you know, the kind of the comic kind of starts off, you know, by the, where she's a teenager and she can just do all this crazy, amazing stuff. Uh, almost almost like a, it's it's like a sort of mimicry she does. But when the comic starts off, you know, these these bad guys start showing up and there's no like there's no people in capes. There's no superheroes to start with in this comic. But when they show up, you know, these these bad dudes, she already knows like how to fight. She's she's got the moves like, you know, it's this amazing talent of hers. And the story really focuses on her, not only uh, with these these mysterious villains who show up that she faces, but her as a high schooler. You know, it's very much, uh, you know, everyone's been through high school. Everyone's gone through that. And it's it's a major component of the story. And 
her friends kind of have this idea since they're all like in a comics and video games they're like holy crap you know maggie you're like this superhero but that's like that's a ton of pressure to throw on to you know <laughs> a teenager to suddenly like you make them feel like they're you know a superhero and so it's it's really like it's really part of this process of her figuring out like you know what's what's her place and what she does and where her and her friends fit in because you know, nobody fits in a high school <laughs> part of the story is also how like is this and just some knack that she has to do all these crazy things or is or is there like some backstory behind that is there some you know deep-seated like secret I don't want to. I don't want to hint at anything, but like there might be more, a lot more to her than you know meets the eye or meets the pages or what characters say. Right, because I, I figured anybody who I'll, I'll use the case of like let's say someone like Kick Ass who was like, all right, I'm going to be a superhero, uh, does it and does it right. poorly uh, and gets right. severely beaten. But yeah, um, you know, just flipping through some of the previews here, and she's good. Like she's damn good. And it's just, I'm saying to myself, <laughs> right. I'm like, look. I'm not gonna lie. There are part. There are days where, you know, even as a kid, and even now, it's like, you know what? I still want to be a Power Ranger. You know, one day right. I figured if I get a Google Watch, <laughs> Zordon's just gonna contact <laughs> me, and you know, all of a sudden we're gonna be like costume crime fighters. But yeah, it's cool to see that you know she's doing this and she's doing this well, which is almost I don't want to say like superhuman, but what are the odds that you know she's actually just very skilled? She's yeah. almost too good, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And that's part of, and that's what one of the parts of Maggie that we brought in is that, you know, a lot of the training and stuff like that, which of course, as the book goes on, I think she'll continue to learn things, but she's not coming in and be like, oh, I need to train. You know, she has the ability to do this. What we're really focusing on one is her, she has this innate sense of good where we all say, you know, if we had superpowers, we could help. Because I think when you're raised on comic books and stuff like that, you kind of get that installed in you. Right. So she kind of has that where she doesn't like being called a superhero, but she still feels like, you know, hey, I have to help people. You know, in the first issue, people are in trouble. She goes and she helps them. It's just kind of how she is. But as the story progresses, you basically learn, you know, you know, maybe there's more going on. But again, you know, we have a lot of space that we can play with when it comes to Maggie as a character. And her friends, I can't wait to read all of them. Yeah, we have a group of friends that we're very excited to. They start coming more into issue two. And uh, me and Sean are always talking. And like we'll just be like hanging out and be like, wouldn't it be cool if like someone did this? And like that's how it comes into the comic. And you know, me and Sean, if, to go into kind of how the story started, was basically uh, me and Sean had met through a collaboration with another work. Uh, he liked my writing. I liked his art because his art's freaking beautiful. It is so of course astounding. I'm- it really is. And I, I don't even say that just to say <laughs> it because anyone who's listened to my old podcast know how I feel about certain artists. And maybe I shouldn't have thrown them <laughs> under the bus like that. But, you know, I don't say that to anybody. But this book just pops. Yeah. And one thing that me and Sean have talked about a lot, a little behind the scenes, when we were first talking about Sweetie, we basically had two ideas. We said we kind of go two ways with this book. We can either make it over the top, kind of like kick-ass, where it's bloody, it's violent, you know, just kind of that shock factor of, oh, it's a little girl, but she's doing all this. Or we could go the opposite way, which is bright colors, you know, kind of more of a, I don't want to say all-ages book, because that's almost, I don't want to say negative connotation, but people, oh, it's for kids, you know, but something that, you know, is bright, it's colorful, it's fun, it's full of energy. And that's the way that we went for a couple of reasons. One, me and Sean have a firm belief in that, you know, comics, there should be more comics accessible to kids. And, you know, I would say our demographic starts at, you know, I'd say 12 years old and can go up to whoever, you know, a parent is okay 
with giving this kid their comic and they're not going to worry about nudity. They don't have to worry about too much cursing, a little bit of violence, but nothing more that we saw when we were kids watching Power Rangers or X-Men or anything like that. Um, And again, it's bright colors, you know. Uh, me and Sean have had so many conversations that we feel that the comics industry hasn't gotten out of the dark since 1986. And <laughs> I, I, I think you feel, if you look at a lot of independent books, there's still a lot of dark books out there. But there's a lot of creators who are saying, you know, let's get light again. You know, let's have fun with books again. Comics and I, I think you're going to start seeing more and more of that coming out. And Sweetie's definitely a book that, you know, if you're looking for a book that's just, like, fun and energy-packed, like, that's that's what we're going for. Absolutely. And then if you want to share it with, you know, your kid brother or kid or whatever, yeah. you can to them and not be – and then you can both freak out and love it. <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's one of those things where I feel like it's so hard nowadays to, like, you know, find a TV show – that like you know you have like a show that like adults like and kids life and crossover and there's more animation that's doing that and like a show that sean loves which i'm gonna start watching steven universe yes um, i'm kind of a late bloomer on that which is funny because i saw the first episode of new york comic-con and i loved it and i fell off of it for a while only because like well i rarely watch cartoon network but then i want to find out that like on you know twitter and tumblr like it's become like a really like keep big following yeah. Oh, yeah. So we want to do something where everyone can enjoy it. You know, a dad can read this, give it to his son or give it or even more importantly, give it to his daughter. Because Maggie, of course, being, you know, uh, you know, female superhero, which we need more of in this world, you know, giving it to her and saying, you know, oh, you can enjoy this, too. You don't have to worry about it being too adult for anybody. The common thread I've had with a lot of people I've had on the show is that whether we realize it or not, the landscape of not just the comics themselves, but also the readers is completely changing. And even in my own comic book store, I'm seeing customers who I never would have seen 10, 15 years ago. And with books like, you know, Ms. Marvel being a a very popular one. And even like I was just reading the Squirrel Girl trade uh, yesterday (laughs) and just like, you know, these books, like they're fun. And, you know, they're superheroes and they may be a little goofy at times. But yet, again, they're fun and they're accessible. Like they're not so they're not so dark and gritty that it's off putting. So I think mm-hmm. now we're starting to see a time where people, now that more people are reading these books, or now that we shine the spotlight on, I guess, more diverse readers, we now have to generate the content that will appeal to them, and not just your guys in your basement, which, no offense to them, but, <laughs> you know, not well, er- like not everything needs to be Kilgore, you know? Right, no. and it's nice, because, like, whether, whether your story or comic or whatever medium is super edgy or super not edgy, like super lighthearted, either which way you go or somewhere in the middle, you can still have great characters. Right. Like, yeah. That's what we're really aiming for. And one thing that, that we always talk about when it comes to our characters, and especially when it comes to making diversity in comics, one of the things that we don't want to get trapped into, because it's one of my biggest pet peeves, is making a diverse character just for the sake of having a diverse character and not actually having a character. And the example I always use is creating a Muslim character in mainstream comics. DC and Marvel both tried to do it. DC made a Green Lantern Muslim whose every third word out of his mouth seemed like it was Allah, and like he had the like you know the the writing on it, the Arabic writing on his forearm, and it just you know it just didn't seem. I, I read it and I was like, this doesn't seem like you know like it just seems like oh we need a Muslim character so we'll do this guy, and it just seems like it was um like a guy who, like, his whole character was he was Muslim and, like, also he's a Green Lantern. Versus if you look at Miss Marvel, you, they take a character who just happens to be Muslim and that's part of her character trait. And, you know, one of the biggest things that we're trying to do with the book when it comes to diversity, especially when we meet the extended cast, you know, 
Uh, we have a Filipino character, we have an Asian character, and then we have the one white character, and Maggie's African-American. So we wanted to make it one, two girls, two guys, but then also pretty diverse in that aspect, too. And we never want to make a character who just feels like they're like a shell. You know, we want to feel like, you know, this is a character who, you know, Maggie is African-American, but that's not what makes her Maggie. You know, it's an aspect of her, but it's not everything. You know, and that's really what we're trying to go for. And like what Sean said, you know, making good characters that is our number one priority when it comes to like the book and making things that are relatable. Right. And that's tough. I can't imagine that being an easy thing to do because like you said, with the DC case of uh, the lantern, where you want to obviously make a character more diverse and represent someone who like uh, maybe a group that maybe doesn't get much representation. But Mm -hmm. if you're not careful with that, it can kind of go the other way and almost be insulting yeah. And that's tough. Like, so again, that, that's always admirable for people who want to generally do this and do it well and do it right. Where even if you're not necessarily, you know, of that heritage or that ethnicity, you can still see this character and say, Hey, this is pretty cool. I like this person and like I can identify with them. Mm-hmm. Well, like when Sweetie was just like an idea and I just started doing pages because, because I needed a comic, it was going to be a one shot. And then when Steve and I talked about it, it, it turned into this more grand idea and a, a longer running comic evolved out of this one shot that I really just designed a character that I thought, I thought I want to draw some fun action sequences and I want this character to look cool. <laughs> but out of that, I looked when we decided it would be a longer running thing. I would, I, we both actually looked at it and decided we really dug characters like out of their backstories and like you figure, well, what is it about them that, you know, makes them think and act and say the way they do. For, for Maggie, who right right from when you see her appears very you know reserved and calm and withdrawn in a lot of ways and and you see why as the story progresses there's 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 always a why to you know each one of the characters you know we've, we've got a main cast of four like Stephen said and all of them have things about them that you can you can link to something in their past or something about them. The one thing, me and Sean have put a lot of work into the backstories of the characters. You know, we're on, you know, three of, you know, two of the main characters. One, of course, Maggie is the main focus of the first issue. The character Griffin, who is the redhead kid who's in the first issue, but isn't really talked to that much. Um, And then there's two other characters, uh, Marlon and Julie, who get introduced uh, in later issues. Even though they haven't really come in yet, we always talk about their backstory. And we always try to say, you know, what would Marlon do? What would Julie do? You know, know, even though they haven't been, you know, written as much, you know, they are they haven't like really made into a book yet. You know, we really are diving into their backstory and always trying to think of things. And the great thing I love working with collaborations is, you know, I can like shoot an idea to Sean and be like, hey, I think about this would be cool for Marlon's backstory. And he'd be like, you know, I don't I don't really like that. You know, but let's like work on it, or like we'll be like, "Hey, you know, what about this?" <laughs> you make it sound and like then... he shoots you down quite often. <laughs> no, but it's it's not like shooting you down. Well, nope, like... that's exactly it. That's exactly. <laughs> it. He's right. He's like, I hate it. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> no, no but... right, you're on a roll, Stephen. Keep going. But like, but the thing is, is what happens a lot is that if he shoots it down, I trust his storytelling. So I'll, I'll and a lot of times when I'll think about it, I'll be like, you know what, you're right. That was a bad idea. But most of the time what happens is he says, you know what, I like the idea, but let's work on it. You know, and that's where as a writer, I love, you know, having someone to collaborate with. That's why like when I see a lot of writers, you know, go out there and be like, I just want them to draw my script and like no questions asked. Like, I don't like that. You know, I want Sean to, you know, 
talk. And even though Sweetie is originally, uh, you know, his his idea, you know, we we're talking about working on other books, you know, and even if it's something that I came up with, I want to be like, hey, you know, what do you think? Because I respect him as a creator and as a writer and you know, I, I want to hear his, his ideas. And that's going to make you a more well-rounded character at the end of the day. That's going to make right. a better character. Right, right, right. The back and forth definitely can... Exactly even though we, what you said. It makes... Even it though we get mad at each other sometimes. Characters. Well, in any partnership, whether it be creative or personal or whatever it may be, that's definitely something that's bound to happen sooner or later. But it's very cool, like, having a true collaboration. Like, I imagine it being, like, a band where... You know, there's some bands who, you know, someone will show up one day, they'll record all, they'll record all the guitar parts, someone will record the drums, and then, you know, so they'll get someone to mix it together. Whereas this mm-hmm. is just, it seems more of like you guys are actually just in a room, like in a garage, just kind of jamming it out together. Yeah. And it definitely, I definitely see that, and as far as the, uh, from what I've been looking at here in the pages, it definitely looks like there is a clearer case of, hey, these guys are really working together, and do you ever read, just, ever read some comics where you could tell, like, the artist and the writer never really talk to each other much. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know. I know it's such a weird thing to say, but I, I don't know if you guys have ever had that issue, too. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's okay. You don't and, have to and, get into detail. And if I, I, can, I can answer for Sean, his answer is, I plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're scratching that at the surface here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We, uh, no questions, please. No questions. Uh, me and Sean have developed a very good relationship, and and I tr- I'm trying not to do this from the interview. I like to talk a lot, which as a writer, I think is something that happens. And and Sean is You're better at it. I, I, I'm not better at it, dude. You just I'm not better at it. I just think that you, you it's something you need to work on. But Sean's Sean's great. Sean loves Sean when Sean's passion comes out. It's fantastic. But we have a great yin and yang that go together. You know, I can't tell you how many times that me and Sean have like talked about great pairings that we've seen and like different things. And I've been like, oh, my God, that's so much like us. Like we both love the manga uh, Bakuman and we see so much of ourselves in the main characters of that. And I was just watching a documentary on the turtles with Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. And I was like, oh, my God, I see so much of us in that. You know, and I think we were just very lucky to find each other and, you know, have Sean, who has such a big imagination and can really make these great, like, these great looking pages and stuff like that. You know, this big imagination. Then you have someone like me who, you know, I love grounding things out. I love making it about the character and about their family and, you know, how can we take this big ideas and ground it and not to feel too big, but I feel a lot, it reminds me, reminds me a little bit of, Stanley Jack Kirby, not to <laughs> put that out there, but I see Sean as this guy who has really big ideas and this great imagination, and then I'm someone who loves the street level idea or the you know the slice of life stuff. And then you merge that and you get this incredible comic called Sweetie, which is available now at sweetiecomics.com. Right, right, and and like while I love drawing the action sequences and like that's kind of like I could just do that all day. Like, I really do. A lot of my favorite comics are The Slice of Life. And I love, I, I feel like Steve and I really share that that vision of, like, the real raw characters that you get a lot from the Slice of Life genre. Well, funny you should mention manga, though, because one thing I did notice about the artwork, it seems very influenced by, I would say, a lot of manga and even, like, a little bit of anime, too. Like, was that a intentional choice or is that just how it sort of unfolded with the story? 
It's funny because a lot of my artistic influences are actually cartoon shows, and a lot of those happen to include anime. I mean, initially, it's like I feel like at my ground level, it's it's like Bruce Tim animation, um, which of course is like close ties to DC, and then you have Hewitt's Gorilla designs for for the band Gorillas. Oh, which are fantastic! Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Um, then then after that is a lot of like a lot of the, the anime influence, which like uh Gynax Studio does does a lot like Fully Cooley I loved. I loved Gurren Lagan and um you know it's stuff like that with the the dynamic action sequences and just a lot of the times this over the top excitement has kind of influenced my art and I didn't I didn't really discover like how awesome you know comics and making comics was uh, until later, a lot later on in like my, my journey as an artist and developing the style. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd had graphic novels, but you know, going through <clears throat> college more introduced me to more of like, I read Scott Pilgrim and I thought that was awesome. And I, you know, the more I played with the medium, the more I took cartoons and anime into and over into the medium. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot of influence there. Uh- and the thing that's kind of funny about all that, as I mentioned Bakuman, but that's actually the first manga I've ever read. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a huge anime or manga fan. It just was never my thing. I have nothing against it, but it just was never my bag. And the th- But the thing that's funny about it, though, is that whenever, because Sean and me would talk about it, I said, you know, I'm not really into manga. I'm not really into anime, but I love Western, or not Western, Eastern style of storytelling when it comes mm-hmm. to the group. I see a lot of times with Western storytelling is that you have your main character and then you have a group around him. And the group around him's goal is to help that main character achieve whatever his goal is. Right. And that's cool, but I don't like that. What I love is Eastern storytelling, which is you have a group and they all have their own goal. You know, right. they all have their own thing. And yes, this is juvenile, but the way that I always think about that is with, through Pokemon. You have Ash, who's the main character, and he wants to achieve a goal, but Brock has his own goal. Misty's has her own goals. You know, the other, the Pokemon Watcher guy, which is kind of creepy, um, <laughs> had, his own, had his own goals. But I love that was one thing that I want to put in my writing is that, yeah, you can have a diverse cast, but they all have their own things that they want to do. You know, it's not just all about getting Maggie from point A to point B. It's about, you know, what does this person want to do? What does this person want to do? And so though, I may not be as heavily influenced in uh, with manga, even though, and something that will come out in the book is there's a lot of talk of anime manga and kind of poking fun at it and also poking fun at, you know, with love, uh, with, Western, with Western comics too. And also like power, like Sean talked about Power Rangers. I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Oh, me too. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, dude. I, I, so uh, like when they announced that and I was like, I want to write that book. I, I, I <laughs> love, I love the Power Rangers so much. Much along that vein of storytelling, sorry not to yeah. interrupt, I won't go off too far, but like, though it's not technically uh, anime, uh, an American cartoon show, Avatar The Last Airbender is an excellent example where at the end of the story you have like everyone's individual story has culminated into something as opposed to it just being about one main character. Yeah, that is yeah. actually a really good choice. And I, that's another show that I was very late on oblivion. My little sister, well, she's like 16 now, but she was a huge fan. And so awesome. It's so <laughs> awesome. And of course, now it's funny because that served as a gateway because now she's into like, you know, your more traditional anime. Mm. Of course, I just let her borrow like my copies of like Full Metal Alchemist on Blu-ray. And it's like, you know. See, it's uh, so good. You'd be so, and I'm, I just told her, look, just just bring a box of tissues. You're gonna cry a lot. 
<laughs> See, and I'm like such a noob to all this. Like, I'm reading Bakuman, and like that's about it. Like, I enjoy it for what it is. I don't know. Like, I have so much. I feel like I need to dive into it. Like, the story for me was like I started watching. I had a friend in college who loved One Piece, and he's like, "Dude, you should watch it." And I watched it the first couple episodes. And I'm like, "Oh, I do enjoy this. This is cool." How many episodes are? He's like, "Oh, 500." And I was like, "Peace out, man." That's cool, but 500 episodes, uh, I, I have a life. Oh, my God. Why? I'm sorry. I know some One Piece fans. It's not a bad show, but if that's going to be that, – that can't be your first show because it's, just, right, it's, so, right. it's so dense and it's, it's so long. You're going to be there forever watching it. I know, and, right. I, and I love Miyazaki films, uh, so I do – it's not something where I'm just like, oh, anime stupid. Like, you know, like – if it's something that catches me, like I really like it. Like I love Howl's uh, moving. How I always miss that. Howl's walking. Howl's moving, moving castle. I love it, not just for the animation, but I love the story as well. Um, Spirit Away is great. Totoro is fantastic. Again, it's not about necessarily the the format. It's just the level of storytelling. Yeah. Right? Much like with comic books, I think people unfortunately have a bit of a misconception with anime because I know I did starting out because, again, I watched a lot of, you know, what they call shonen anime, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of bleach and stuff like that, where, you know, it's like your spiky haired kids with swords. And again, that stuff's cool. I love that stuff. But then I had a friend who was very much into what you would call the slice of life anime. Right. And at first mm-hmm. I'm like, this is stupid. There's no one shooting fireballs, there's no explosions. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. This is pretty good. Like, wait a minute, I'm liking this. Yeah. And well, the thing like, that, well, if you're go gonna, what the, the thing I'll say, Stephen, is like, if you were going, to, if I was going to meet a writer who watched, like, remembers one manga, read one manga that really, you know, it would be Bakuman because, like, I love <laughs> Bakuman and and Adrian. If if you haven't read it, it's about these these two kids who are in high school. Who one's just like an artist. He's not really sure what he wants to do, and he meets this writer. Um, and they, they decide they're going to go into comics, like in high school. And this is, this is the comic that I read (laughs) and was like, comics are awesome. Like, I'm going to go and like, try, try drawing comics and like seeing their story. And, you know, it, it classifies as shonen, as a shonen manga. It's got that target audience, I guess, generally, generally teenage audience. But um, it is it is slice of life. Nobody's they're writing about people who like fight with swords and, you know, science fiction. But like nobody in the manga of Bakuman, which is is written by the same duo who did Death Note, which is also. Oh, wait, why the hell am I not reading that? Death Note's one of my favorites. (laughs) Oh, man, you guys, you should have just started with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll go back to it a lot because it's one of our favorites and it's it's one that. You know, and as someone who's listening, if they are someone who is maybe not even just in the comics, but, you know, as a creative person in general, you know, whether it's, you know, doing a podcast or doing anything, I think it really kind of gets to the aspect of you where, like, you have this passion to do something. And it's not something necessarily the world sees as, like, as something viable or, you know, not the standard thing. And they kind of go at it very honestly. And I think it's a really good read for anyone who wants to break into comics or, you know, do anything creatively, honestly. Because mm-hmm. it's really relatable. And I think one one of the things that I always talk about with Sean is, like, you know, having that that feeling of, like, I'm not alone. Right. Right. It's so good. And to like read that from someone who is very successful with Death Note, you know, and feel like, oh, my gosh, like he was where I was. You know, I can do this. You know, what I- that is very right. cool. It's yeah. strange where you find your inspiration from. I know it's a lot of comic writers. You know, we, of course, read a lot of 
traditional superhero stuff, but well, go figure. Like, hey, you know, this shonen manga would be the thing that kind of propelled me to doing this myself. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to almost to get back into my safe zone. But when you're talking before about how like there's a lot of people that loved like the shonen manga, and then like you find the slice of life, and you're like, well, this is different. Like that same exact thing happened with me with like Western comics, like. You know, I love the superhero stuff. I grew up, you know, Spider-Man is my guy. Peter Parker is my guy. But if you, you know, my biggest influences now when it comes to writing are a lot of slice of life stuff. You know, I love Alex Robinson, who is a pretty, he's not a great well-known. He has a strong following, um, but he's not a, a well-known uh, indie, but he's a, you know, writer artist um, who those great slice of life stories and you know i love brian michael bendis and what he brings to comic books with this kind of like grounded kind of almost relationship stuff that he does scott pilgrim is one of my favorite books of all time so you know i'm reading um what was it i just read or i'm starting to read this book called two brothers uh which came out which is supposed to be it seems like it's like the indie darling right now and it's fantastic and you know i think as your taste evolve you know whether it's manga or comics you know you find those books that really speak to you and you know, I think me and Sean, it's almost like a great pairing where we, we want to bring this high energy book where it has that classic manga and like almost like Silver Age comics where it's like action, action. But at the same time, we're also bringing this really kind of, you know, slice of life, family kind of thing to it as well. So you're getting the best of both worlds. Like you're getting like great action, but at the same time, you're getting a great story that's going to compel you to really care about these characters. Right. I was going to just uh, interject briefly that um, what's great is that Stephen and I, like, even though I'm more, you know, manga and anime growing up and like cartoons and he's more, you know, uh, old school comics, superheroes and, and Spider-Man, we both like have very different like influences, you know, crossing over here and there, but we still end up like liking the same things about the medium and about, you know, storytelling which I, I think it's I think it's great that like you know he's more influenced by the Western fiction and me more with uh, Eastern fiction the the manga and whatnot. So what I was gonna ask though, and uh, something I forgot to mention before is, so this is gonna be an ongoing or is this a mini series? Like how far is the story gonna go? Because you set it up for the point where it's like, well, shoot, now I need to know about everybody. <laughs> um, it could start. go for it could go for a little while. I could make it a number of, we could together it really needs to be both of us, but um, it could be a good 10 issues. It could be probably 10 trades. I don't know. I feel like there's, there's a lot of potential because mm-hmm. uh, like we were talking about before, each character kind of has their own journey and their own backstory to explore. And, you know, when, when we start out, they're just starting uh, high school and they're just, starting to get hints of this like bigger world that's going on that, you know, Maggie and her friends have to all confront. And so it could, it could go for a while. I feel yeah. anyway, we, we haven't, we never like talked about like a set end day of saying this needs to be like a 75 issue run or whatever. Like we, we never talked about that, but again, I think it's a story that, you know, I wouldn't want to just go 10 issues cause I love this book and I love working with Sean, but you know, I think it's a book we really don't have a set, uh, end goal, but at the end of the day, we just want to make it also the best book that we can. And I think me and Sean are both on the level that if it ever got to a point and, you know, 
um, where me and Sean just felt, you know, we've done what we've done. And I feel that, you know, that's probably when it would end is that when we feel that we can't, you know, we're done telling good stories with, with Maggie and her group of friends, you know, but like, honestly, like every time me and Sean talk, I feel like we're bouncing ideas off of each other or jokes, like even like little jokes that like, I'm like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if Marlon said this? And he'd be like, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Let's put that in issue, you know? So uh, we're, we're just scratching the surface. So we're a long way away from it from ending. At we want it to be so. as long as it, it can be and still like be, you know, a good story. Exactly. So there we'll fill a couple bookshelves, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of the general idea. Mm-hmm. And again, that's kind of cool, though, because I was going to say, um, I'd hate to use One Piece as an example, but I don't think it's definitely that case <laughs> where, I'm sorry, I just thought of something. Considering that this book is so influenced by these two things, have there ever been any plans to maybe take it to another medium? Like, let's say, like, I guess an actual animated project? It's kind of, and, and I kind of have this this little dream where, you know, Cartoon Network or nickelodeon or somebody comes along and says like wow this is really cool this could be an animated series and then we'd start rolling in that direction if it just stays a comic you know goes for a while i'd be you know more than satisfied yeah Uh, it's an animated series too it's kind of drawn Mm -hmm. ideally for that you'd you'd have your your whole storyboard like out on this piece on the uh the comic itself yeah I, I think it'd be something that'd be fantastic, and and I would love it. It'd be so cool to see Maggie oh. on TV or something. <laughs> but like, also the thing, like, and I've ran into so many people in in comics, or like, especially in like self publishing comics, who it seems like their whole goal is to either turn their comic into a movie, or like mm-hmm. turn their comic into a cartoon series. And though, again, not pushing that away, I would love it to be a cartoon. But like, me and Sean also have the strong, you know, we want this to be the best comic, and we could have company x come up to us be like oh we're gonna make a cartoon and if they were to like come to us and pitch us what they wanted to do with it and it was not what and this is the one thing about sean that i really like he's very you know he is very um i'm trying to think of the word i'm i'm trying to think of he's very protective of of sweetie right and if i think if a company were to come to him and be like hey we'll give you all this money and we'll and we'll turn into a cartoon it's gonna be like this and if sean didn't like it sean be like no (laughs) no you're not touching my baby like And it's true. And, and you know what? And we haven't run into that yet. And, you know, hopefully we'll still have the gumption. And I definitely think, you know, we will to say, you know, we want someone to do this right. You know, if someone were to take our property and do something with it, you know, we'd want them to treat it with the same respect that we have for it. So that's that's the big thing. You know, we wouldn't just fill it to the highest bidder. You know, we want someone who, you know, would treat Maggie and treat Sweetie, you know, the way that that we're treating it, which is basically... Like you know, like like our kid, you know, Sean refers to it as as his baby, and it very much is. You hear that? Sweetie will not be sold. Sweetie will not. Well, I mean, I mean, if well, I mean, it will be just, sold. Wait, I should, me. I should probably <laughs> rephrase that. It will. The comic will be sold, hopefully. But no, they. they <laughs> well, Sweetie they, will not sell out. Okay, we'll not sell. Yeah, there we go. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to sell out. You know, we don't want to. You know, sell our soul to. You know, this is a book that we both really care about. And at the end of the day, if it stays, I think, I think me and Sean would both agree that if it, if Sweetie were to stay a comic for the rest of its life, but it'd be a very good comic and something that people are really loving and enjoying, I'm fine with that. I'm more, I'm hell, I'm, I'm very happy with that. Very cool. So let's talk Power Rangers. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, like, Sean's like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. No, Sean, Sean likes Power Rangers. All right, cool. Part of Sweetie's whole backstory of the Power Rangers. I mean, 
Oh, I won't, I won't spoil anything. No spoilers. No spoilers. Well, see, there, I don't know, though. A... If you, since you guys worked on it, is it considered spoilers if you spoil your own book? I don't know. Uh, I think I can word it in a way that won't be a spoiler, but let's just say her and a character really, they bond over a TV show uh, that me and Sean have kind of created, which is similar to a bunch of anime. Because me and Sean also love Godzilla, so we also love like the live-action Japanese stuff. Oh, so, so it's awesome. Kind of, it's also yes. based on of like all this different Japanese live action craziness and stuff like that. So, no, let's Power Rangers. Yes, I, I want to talk about Power Rangers now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming you probably like me started. I'm guessing Mighty Morphin era. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. So, I and I asked this a lot of people though because I've been rewatching the series and I think it might actually trump my love for Mighty Morphin. But I don't know. What are your feelings about Power Rangers in space? Power Rangers in space, I really do like. I think as it's gone, as the series went on, I think that the writing got better, and they kind of realized that they could tell a better story. So I think in space is written better, and it has probably the greatest finale of like any kids show. Like I just think you know saving the world and doing all that is fantastic. So no, I I, I love in space. You know, TJ TJ is my boy. Uh, TJ was my guy, so yeah, I really liked In Space. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited though because I heard they were doing this uh, this new movie. Um, you know, not to be confused with that uh, that fan film that came out, which was pretty <laughs> rugged itself. Though I'm like, wow, James Vanderbeek can be kind of a badass. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess now they're recasting, which I didn't realize what was going on because I thought it was just going to be. You know, I thought when they were going to do this Power Rangers movie, I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, the old cast getting back together. I didn't realize mm-hmm. they were basically just casting everybody, like, completely new actors for this. Yeah, and apparently it's it's not a prequel or something. It's, like, just an alternate universe take, so it's almost like a parallel Earth kind of thing. So this is supposed to take place after, like, the latest season. Really? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, trust me, dude, like, I'm... I'm very much ground level one. I this is how nerd am I? And my friends have given me endless crap about this. I have designed my own season of Power Rangers, where I have brand new powers. I have the Zords. I have the weapons. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like I, I'm, I'm in pretty deep. And then we found out we both did that. Yeah, I know. And wow, we like, what are the odds of that? <laughs> this was the drive to Instacon. This is what we were talking about. Yeah, we were just talking about our different our different like Power Ranger series and like what they did and I like trust me dude, like I've got like the original 5, how the 6 Ranger comes in, you know, all that thing. So, I'm very excited for the new thing that they're going to do. I think it'll be good as long as they don't make it too dark and gritty. Uh I think it still needs that light edge. I'm excited about um the Billy casting though. It was an actor who was in a really good indie film called uh, me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Oh, was that that kid? Yeah, he's really, really good. So I'm super excited for him to play Billy. Yeah, I, I was just kind of baffled because I didn't know what they were going to do with the casting because they had talked about it so long that nothing had come of it. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'll wait till... And all of a sudden, I'm on Instagram and they're showing all these kids. I'm like, oh, wow, this is... Oh, wait, this is this is Billy? And I was like, oh, wait, this is a nice twist. Because yeah. it was, I was worried that they were going to do what, you know, the original series did, which, uh, let's be honest, uh, a little awkward <laughs> that, you know, the black guy was the black ranger and, you know, the yellow ranger was the Asian girl. And it was very, very unfortunate how it all panned out, even though yeah. they claim they didn't do that on purpose. I mean, to play devil's advocate, like, okay, like, yeah, though in the original pilot, Trini is someone different and she's I think she might also be African American or she's Hispanic. I don't know. 
but that I think that was a that was a big oopsie though, and that was something that they tried to fix later. Though I will say, which is one other thing which they forget, and Jason David Frank, I'm pretty sure isn't Native American in real life, at least as far as I know. But it's funny that they made his character then Native American, and then he was the Red Ranger. So they kind of did it to themselves again. Oh wow, I didn't even pick up on that. Oh damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. Oh, <laughs> but it's it's it still goes on, and and I try to continue to watch it. But I've actually, I would honestly say, Adrian, a series, uh, a season you need to watch is in, is a uh, um, Time Force. Time Force is probably the best season they ever did. Really, it's really really good. See, I'm one of those people that I okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. I did that thing that you know an Uber fan does, like after. I say spoilers if no one's seen this, but you know, after Zordon's, you know, tube was broken and yeah. everything got right. And I thought to myself, this is it. Like there's nowhere they can go. Like this is the end of the Power Rangers because everything, almost every storyline up to this point was resolved. Then was it Lost Galaxy was next? Yep. But then I'm like, oh great, we're now to doing Lost Galaxy. But even then I thought it was kind of like a nice little like an epilogue to the Power Rangers in Space era. You know, you mm-hmm. find out what happened to Corona and everything like that. Yeah. But then it just kept going. And not that I was upset, but it was just sort of like, okay, now we have no ties to the other series. How is this still going on? And Time Force, I don't know. I kind of completely missed that one. Is that before or after Lightspeed Rescue? That was after Lightspeed Rescue, which is kind of funny because I feel like um, I think what happened to that was it was kind of in a, in a gap because I watched it. I started watching it in the very beginning with Mighty Morphin and I probably kept watching longer than maybe I should have. I watched up to religiously up until Lightspeed Rescue. Um, and then I just stopped. Like I just, it was kind of my after, cause I, you know, it was Fox afternoon, you know, the afternoon Fox after school. Right. And I think after that is when I, I either, I just stopped or something. And I think after that was time force, but after kind of going back and, you know, and kind of, you know, everything's on Netflix now and, and rewatching a bunch of the series, like, it's really good it's 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 uh it's probably one of the best written series because again like it was one of those things where um i think was that the one that they were there was a lot of times in the history of the power rangers that basically the writing staff was like this is going to be the last season we're done let's just do whatever we want and when they (laughs) do that they get like the best season ever and it gets renewed like i think that's happened twice like i think that happened with time force or it might have actually happened within space. Like I think that happened might... within space because Turbo yeah. was such a like low moment oh, in the series so that, and then um, <laughs> it happened again with I think it was RPM. Yeah, I think it was Power Rangers RPM, which apparently is supposed. To, I haven't seen it, but it's apparently supposed to be really, really good. And it was kind of the same thing happened where basically they were told, "Yeah, this is the last season." They did whatever they wanted, and then it was like the greatest thing ever. I haven't seen that one, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, someone also was telling me about RPM that that was supposed to be really good, but I have to, there's so many of those shows that I missed out on, and every time I turn around, there's a new series, which I'm guessing what, it's like every year they renew it with like a different... Yeah, it's like, it's like almost like a new se- I think what they're trying to do now is just a, a new, besides the crossover episode, which like goes back to like Super Sentai, that they would always do that, which I also love Super Sentai, I've gone back and watched some of those series, um, and it's kind of funny to watch the american and the sentai version how different it is but like each year now is is like a different season yeah i like i said i was pretty much in love with space because at that point yeah 
other than the fact that they had got rid of that Blue Ranger, whom I could not stand, um, from Turbo. But uh, just Justin. the idea, adjusted, yeah. And then the whole idea of, and the show starts off, it's strangely dark, but not like oppressively so, like Zeo had a tendency to be, where, you know, when they meet Andros and it's like, okay, this whole thing of, you know, I work alone, I don't want to work with the other Rangers, and he has a change mm-hmm. of heart. And I remember thinking, like, that first or second episode, he hands the Rangers, here you go, put these on, like, they're your morphers. But then I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what happened to the other Rangers? Yeah. And you don't really think about it, though, but well, I'm pretty sure what happened is they're all killed. <laughs> Which would explain why he didn't want to work with anybody else, because yeah. I'm realizing he probably was the only survivor. Did his best friend's in a coma in the basement of the ship, and just... <laughs> And then his best friend comes up and not only moves in on his girlfriend, but also dating his sister he doesn't know about. And I'm just like, yeah. holy crap, this is nuts. It's it's and I think the whole Corona thing was is really interesting. It was a great plot point. You know, I think honestly the reason he was just like he saw Cassie and he saw oh, who's the other was it Rachel? The the Yellow Ranger. They were both Ashley. they are Ashley. They were both really hot. So he's like, yeah, you know were. what? You guys can stay. It's cool. <laughs> no, no, Cass- Cassie was pretty awesome. Yeah, they both they were a good series. After what was I was watching the one um where they teamed up with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's not so good anymore. No, they did not age well at all. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> Sean has still- left. <laughs> I think he might have went and gotten food. No, he's still here. No, I'm uh, here. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I just woke up. <laughs> but like, I think the thing me and Sean have both like bonded over a lot of our love of like, like Sean, like I, I, I really, Sean likes comics and I'm like an Uber nerd when it comes to comics. And like Sean, like I really like Godzilla, but Sean knows a lot about like Godzilla. Like he, he is a, he is a huge Godzilla buff. And like, we kind of both in animation. Those are my It was started with comics. And then I think it went to like Godzilla and uh gamera jet jaguar and then from that it led to mst3k which is right. probably oh god yes the biggest sean am i am i allowed to talk about um spring fever no one's gonna get it no one's gonna think it's funny but but it, what if i tell them to watch it you could tell them everyone needs to watch spring fever okay me and sean's biggest inside joke with each other is this little this this little psa you know how like mst3k would do uh psas and stuff like that from like the 50s yeah there is one called spring fever where I am not joking, basically a guy is fixing his couch, which has springs in it. He says he hates springs and never wants to see springs again. So a a spring, a spring sprite comes in and basically gets rid of all springs in the world to make sure that he realizes how amazing springs are. <laughs> what? It's amazing. Christmas and it's Carol called about springs. It's <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be the first. Making that wish. You keep making, oh, uh, no springs. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Yeah, that one. And then also. That's, like my, whole, that's my whole high school is, is like we watched Mystery Science Theater and like had inside jokes about it that nobody understood. So Stephen is like a rite of passage. Or... <laughs> it's funny. Also, I, I still yell goodnight, McCloud, every time I get a chance to. So <laughs> fucking. <laughs> yeah. He tried to kill Miss with the forklift. I don't know, MSG3K was another thing. I feel like me and Sean, and it kind of comes out in the book, is we have this kind of like wise guy kind of humor that comes out a lot of times. And I think Maggie kind of has that kind of in her where, you know, I think, and I hope I'm right about this, Sean. 
because uh, I don't think I've said this. I'll tell yet. you when you're wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you when you're wrong. She can be a little bit of a brat, but not in a bad way. But she can be like a little scamp. Am I right about that, Sean? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. she's got an attitude sometimes. Yeah, like even in the first when you open the page. Like, we put a thank you in it, and Sean says, right, Maggie? And her response is, yeah, I guess, Mumble, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, she, she's 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 a cool kid. She's I guess you can't really do that kind of thing without having a, a little bit of an ego, I guess. I mean, you're, you're kind of <laughs> saving the world. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, yes, there are superheroes with uh, some confidence issues. Well, you think teenagers in general, teenagers in general, there's an yeah. attitude that comes with them. And I didn't yeah. think about that, but I'm like, wow, you're absolutely right. I guess I'm so far removed from it now. Like now I actually talk to regular teenagers. I'm like, wow, was I always, was I like this? You <laughs> don't realize it. And I actually, my girlfriend has a, has a teenage sister. And from talking to her about stuff, I, I now realize again that teenagers, it's like, the world is over. This doesn't happen. You know, it's that kind of thing. And, and that's very small life view, but like, I think the thing is that like a lot of what I'm trying to do with Maggie and her friends is that that may happen to them, but I'm also trying to make that feel like, you know, there is significance to it, you know, that to Maggie. And I always really, I always say it's old school Peter Parker because I love me some Spider-Man is that, you know, there might be someone attacking, um, you know, a building. And then also she might have to get home because of curfew. And to her, those might seem just as important because, yeah, people are in trouble, but if she doesn't get home, she's going to get in a ton of trouble with her dad, and that's going to cause other things. So in her mind, you know, they might be maybe not equal, but, like, it's adult. To most people, be like, I'll just get home late. That's fine. But to Maggie, it's, like, something she has to think about. She'd be like, oh, I got to save them, but, you know, my dad's going to get really upset if I don't get home, you know, by time. Or, you know, so it's an interesting aspect to kind of go into a comic where you have someone who it's almost like, they're starting to see the world, you know, they're starting to become an adult. And like, that's what about this book that really excites me is that kind of almost making a coming of age story, you know, with this character. And I'm just, you know, the one thing I think that you'll see with this comic is there's, there's love in these pages, man. Like me and Sean both really love this book, you know, and I think anyone who reads it and picks it up is really going to have a good time. Very cool. Um, and just one more time before uh, we close out, where can you get the book again? You can get the book at sweetiecomics.com. It all goes through it, it goes through there. And then also, um, if you are going to be in the New Jersey area, I believe it's November twenty it's uh November t- I should have had this up. It's uh end of November, the New Jersey Comic Expo. Edison, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. Just uh, look up New Jersey Comic Expo. Um it's the end towards the end of November. Me and Sean will be there uh with copies of Sweetie. And, you know, you'll be able to meet us. We'll sign the copy for you and all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. sweetiecomics.com is where you'll be able to uh, buy this fantastic comic book, which everyone will love. Yay. <laughs> I heard that, Sean. <laughs> Yay! Yay! There you go. There you go. Get hyped. Get excited. Yeah, hype. <laughs> Don't believe the hype. I've been around for years. Um, <laughs> also, oh, great. Now we're starting to freestyle. But, dude, I saw Australia Compton. That was a very good movie, I will just say. It I, I feel like I'm the only person who hasn't seen that yet. It's it's good. I would recommend it. And then just to add, uh, follow me and Sean on Twitter. I'm at Steve underscore Petro, P E T R O. And Sean is. What are you, Sean? Grandpa Bats. Because he's grumpy. <laughs> Grandpa Bats, that's awesome. He's super grumpy, but he's he's follow follow him and hey, all. Shut his, up. Go to bed. I <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly. No dessert but, for you. 
follow no dessert for you but follow him ask for commission sean sean does some of the best commission work i've seen so oh shucks I'll it's go. true and besides i gotta give it up for a fellow jersey guy so yeah i'm pa so you guys can he's talking to me man <laughs> flyers suck philly <laughs> suck uh 76 or suck eagle suck <gasps> I mean, they do all suck, but that's, you know, I still follow them. <laughs> <laughs> I say that as if, like, we're barely eking out a, a win for as far as, like, well, Devils and the only other team that plays in Jersey. Dude, the Mets are in the World Series, so anyone from New Jersey, New York, they, they've got a lot of hype, so. Yeah, and it's not the Yankees for once. Oh, I probably just lost my entire listener base by saying and that. There, <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> I'm actually just Let watching. Out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the numbers just dwindle. Like, oh, wow, that's straight down to zero. Awesome. Oh, guys, this has been so much fun. And Thanks. we got to do this at one point again because, again, I had an absolute blast. For I hope sure. everybody else did too. And hopefully I didn't bore Sean with all this, the Power Rangers geek out. It's <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> we got like, some popcorn wall. Oh, you guys were. <laughs> next next time we're on, I'll, I'll, pitch, I'll pitch my I'll pitch my full season that I have. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want to do that though, because I'm like I don't want anybody to steal that. Like, can you like copyright an idea that's kind of already copyrighted? I don't know, but I'm sure some draw it as a crappy comic first, or a really good comic, because I'm not going to want to draw a crappy comic. We'll draw a good comic of it first, and then no one will be able to steal it. Saban, well, I kind of stole the idea from Saban, so... Damn it. Uh, well, anyway. Well, uh, anyway, well, now that we possibly have created copyright infringement, uh, <laughs> we, uh, this has been Adrian Has Issues, and uh, I'll see you next issue. Let's get this party started up in here! Whoop, whoop. Hey, this is Mark. You're listening to this show, probably on your mobile device, whether it's iOS or Android or even Windows Mobile. <laughs> Who has one of those? Uh, but anyway, you're probably listening, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or some other wonderful mobile app that brings this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. Yeah. But did you also know that you can find this show, among several others in this category, at the Tangent Bound Network? That's right. Go visit TangentBoundNetwork.com. Check it out where you can always get the latest episode of this and other shows quite like it. Although, admittedly, there is no show quite like this one. 